right. Well, here we are, week one of What's the Point? What's the point? This, uh, for the next few weeks, uh, probably about a good month and a half or two, we're gonna be, uh, two, two, actually two, two and a half months, we're gonna be in the book of Ecclesiastes. And so for some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna be in this book for a long time. Uh, yes, we are. But if you were here last year, you know what we're about. Uh, we went through the book of Romans last year. We went through the book of uh, Ephesians at the end of last year. And so we're, we're kind of taking this time to move through a book of the Bible that we've been wanting to move through for quite a while and, uh, and on the back end of that, we're looking forward to getting back into our series, What Do You Believe? Come on, we were in What Do You Believe? And then kind of got cut off by, uh, by COVID-19. And so we were looking to, to get back to that. But, but during, during this, these next few weeks, we want, to, uh, we want to talk about the book of Ecclesiastes. And so, so with that, if you've got your Bible at the house, go ahead and open it up. Again, uh, I want to mention again, the YouVersion Bible app. If you, if you look that up in your app store, you'll be able to download that app. You can go to events and go to Northwood Church, and then you'll be able to pull up all the notes there that we have today. Uh, honestly, it's, it's pretty simple. We are going to I'll not take a chapter a week, but, but some weeks it's going to be a chapter. Some, some weeks it's going to be more than that and other weeks less than that. But each week we're going to take a block of the scriptures out of Ecclesiastes and uh, we're going to teach that with you. Looking forward to it. Our whole teaching team is, is raring to go on this. And so we're excited about it. So what's the point, right? What, what, and when I, when, I, when I say that, I'm saying, what's the point of life? What's the point of life? And that's not a negative question, all right? It's not a negative question. It's an honest question. And I think it's a question that we all need to ask consistently, right? What's the point of life? Where am I at? One thing about life is that life is, is beautiful. Life is a gift, right? It's something that we should embrace and enjoy. But at times, life is also something that we have to really endure, Right? We have to embrace the enjoyment times and also the times that we have to endure. There's wonderful things, right? There's great days. Yesterday, man, I had a beach day. Went with some friends to the beach and it was awesome, all right? I'm, I'm actually, I'm wearing the scars of it right now. You can't see it, but I've got some wonderful burn marks all across my body. And uh, last night was one of those nights where if you turn the wrong way, you felt your skin kind of crease a little bit. Yeah, that was one of those nights for me. That's why I didn't move very much. But, uh, but you've got some days that are good, they're exciting. And then you've got some days that are very painful. And so sometimes we're enjoying life. Sometimes we're enduring it. But it's a life that, that we live. And it's something that is beautiful. Even in the, in the tough times, you know, uh, there, there's things that we're learning and that we're moving through that we can retain. But it's, it's to be both enjoyed and endured. This question is one we all wrestle with. And at the end of the day, we have to ask, what is the end goal? What am I working towards, right? And I think for all of us, that's a healthy question to ask. You know, if we don't ask the hard questions in life, we can end up uh, sort of just going with the flow. And sometimes the flow is not really the, the, the direction we need to go, right? Oh, that's a good one to tweet right there. That actually rhymed and everything. So, so go ahead and put that out there. Um, that was not in my notes, all right? As you could po possibly tell. But um, what's the point? Where am I headed? What's the end goal? What am I scrapping and hustling towards, 
right? What is that? It's something that we're going to talk through for the next few weeks in Ecclesiastes. I want to give you a couple of uh, contextual things about Ecclesiastes. It is in the Old Testament. It's between Proverbs and Song of Solomon. And um, the book is 90%. Everybody really agrees pretty much that it was more than likely written by King Solomon, which was one of David's sons. He was a king in Jerusalem. And uh, the thing about King Solomon is that he asked God that, that for, for wisdom and God granted him wisdom, but he did not always use his wisdom for good. He explored life. He went through every crevice of life and he did all, everything that you could imagine. And at the end of the day, he, 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 he writes this book or this collection of thoughts from him. And uh, he's gonna share with us some life lessons that he learned. And so the perspective of this book, it's, it's written from sort of like a teacher or a preacher that stands before his, his church or his classroom, whatever, however you wanna picture it. And he shares his life lessons. Also, I like to picture it like grandpa. You know what I'm talking about? Like, here's the thing. Whenever you get older in age, which I'm not, I'm 35, but the older that you get, the more you can just say stuff and nobody questions you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you just, just old guys just sitting up there, just, just letting it fly. And people are like, hey man, he's older than me. He's seen more things than I have. And so, <laughs> so you know, this is Solomon. He's speaking from experience. And so whether or not you like it, whether or not you agree with it, it is true. And the older that I get, and again, I know that I'm not that old, but the older that I get, the more and more this book speaks my language, speaks my language. So there's a lot of beautiful things. There's a lot of hard things that we're gonna talk through over the next few weeks, but all of them, I believe, are gonna enrich our lives and also enrich our view of this life. So if you think that this book is coming from a negative angle, there's some things that I think you're gonna learn and you're gonna say, you know what? It's not negative. This is real, this is real, but this is also good. It's good perspective. So with that, Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse one says this, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. I just kind of took you through that. This is where the teaching really begins. Ready? Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. All right, so picture yourself, first semester, you sit down in the classroom, your teacher stands up and says, hey guys, everything we're doing is just pointless. How many of you wanna stay in that class, right? <laughs> That's how he starts off the teaching. Meaningless, everything is meaningless. This word is havel, which means vapor or breath. You know, the thing about our breath, if, you know, if you're cold weather, which we don't get a lot around here, but if you're in cold weather, you know, sometimes you see your breath and then it just disappears, right? It just goes away. It's a vapor. I mean, come on, if you're boiling water, you see that steam come up, it just dissipates. He says, that's pretty much what life is like for us. It's this thing that is there. You can sort of feel it. It's real. But then before you know it, it's gone. Life is sort of like that. And, and so... This, this word meaningless is used more than 30 times in the book, and, and it means that. He's trying to make a point with this word picture that life is sort of like a breath. It's there, and then it's gone. It's, it's quick. It's also, as we're going to learn today, very repetitive. Very repetitive. Life is so repetitive. Like, I mean, look, I ate yesterday. I, I ate a lot of food yesterday. I got up this morning, and guess what? I'm hungry again. And I can already feel myself getting hungry in a couple hours when I need to eat some more food. And then 
by the time that I go to bed, I'm going to have to eat at least twice. All right. That's just the way it is. I got to eat a lot of food. All of you come on. We're all, I mean, we get thirsty. It's just this repetitious thing. We get up, we go to work or we take care of the family, whatever we do, right? We brush our teeth, hopefully. I mean, in this time, I don't know. I think a lot of you, I mean, it might be like five o'clock before you get around to brushing your teeth. Come on, wake up, brush your teeth, comb your hair. Uh, but but hey, we produce things and then we, we settle back in, we relax and we go back to bed. And I think, I think life is a whole lot more like Groundhog Day uh, than what we get it, give it credit for, right? Like, I mean, y'all remember the Bill Murray movie, right? Groundhog Day. Every day it's the same song that plays on the radio. He reaches over, he gra- I think at some point he has like an Uzi and he just lays the, fo- you know, lays the clock wide open. But, uh, you know, every day it's the same thing. And to be honest with you, let's just be real. Life can be like that. It is, man, it is. You know, I've got, my parents are in their 60s, upper 60s. And, and so uh, one thing that they say, it's like the days are just like, just, you know, they're just zooming by and life is so repetitive. And it's, I mean, come on, look, the older that you get, the more questions you ask about things. You start looking back and you start having this perspective. What's the point? What's the point? Well, the teacher today tells us everything is meaningless, right? There's more to it than that, okay? Just stay with me. If you're feeling like you're about to click off and end, you know, the stream, wait, hold on, hold on. Give, it, give me some time. Verse four, he says, generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever, The sun rises, the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. Verse six, the wind blows to the south, turns to the north, round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear, it's full of hearing. That's for all the gospers out there. They just never get sick of hearing all that, those details. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can look, can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Are you getting encouraged today? Are you feeling the love? Come on, the joy. The point that he's saying is that if this life is all there is and there is no profit to your life under the sun, if this is all we have, then what is the point. Life has this way of keeping us, to th- keeping us thinking that, that if I could just get there, right? If I could just get there, everything will be different. But the thing is, when you get there, nothing really is different. We talked a lot about this last week when it comes to expectations in life. Expectations. If I could just get that, that then I'll be fulfilled, right? And then what happens is we have that magical thinking, right? Like, like if my dreams are fulfilled, then I will be fulfilled and I'll be happy. And the problem is, is that that begins to really work against us because once we have that shiny object in our hand, it doesn't really satisfy the deep parts of us. And that's really what he's talking about. The first point is that everything is meaningless. The next thing is everything is meaningless because this, nothing satisfies. Nothing really satisfies us. We are this endless bottomless pit of desire and consumerism that it's bottomless. It's, it's just, you just keep dumping stuff into it and it just doesn't matter long-term. And we've got to talk about this. 
right? He goes on, verse 12. I, the teacher, was, kind, I was king over Israel in Jerusalem. He says, I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. One thing you're gonna see whenever he says under the sun, by the way, this term is if all that we see under the sun is what there is, right? If, if what I can touch and taste, if, if what I can see, what I can earn, if the, if the things that I have under the sun is all that there is, that's a, that's a meaningless existence. You know, and this is where kind of what we've talked about over the last few months in our belief system is, is, uh, is, is when it comes to creation, how creation points to something bigger than us right? And if all that we can see and touch and feel is, is really what there is, if there's nothing more, then what is really the point of life? And this really comes up against atheistic views and agnostic views, which is just that we're here, we exist, that we've just developed over time by accident or by chance, and that whenever we die, there's nothing on the other side. That, that is such a meaningless point of view. Right? And I don't, I don't even believe that it's supported by science, but, but it's a meaningless point of view. What is the point of saving? What is the point of loving? What is the point of all of those things if what we see under the sun is what it is? That's the viewpoint that Solomon is taking or the teacher is taking in this, in this book. Under the sun, if this is it, what's the point? Verse 15, what is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I've experienced much wisdom, uh, much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. <laughs> the more knowledge, the more grief. Come on, y'all. You ever feel like that? The more that you understand. Look, I was just talking about this the other day. We're at the beach and we're looking at all these, uh, you know, a lot of people are out there in the, in the, in the water and playing. And, and I was looking at like some, some, you know, young boys. They're like, you know, eight years old, 10 years old. And come on, do you remember being that age? Like that was one of the best ages. Like you're old enough to, to have fun, you know, like to, to kind of have an awareness of life and have fun. You also, you're, you're young enough to where you don't feel pain. Like you never get tired. You could just play as long as you want. And, but you're before those teenage years where you start kind of like developing this independent thing. Like there's this wonderful age. And dude, they're just having a blast. And, and I'm thinking like, man, they just... <laughs> They don't have a lot of knowledge yet. Let's just be honest. They don't have a lot of wisdom. They're just enjoying life. And it's such a great age. You know, I got an eight-year-old uh, daughter and I just think about that all the time. What a great age. Because like he says here, uh, for with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. His main point is that nothing satisfies those. He, he, he's explored it all. And again, it's a bottomless pit, nothing satisfied. He tried it, been there, done that. And it just didn't do anything, not long-term. He uses this phrase, chasing after the wind, a lot of times as well. And really what he's talking about is this ambition for the unattainable, this, this striving after something that you can actually never wrap your arms around. 
Doesn't that sound like the American dream sometimes? Some of us, let's be honest, we have the American dream, yet we're still looking to accomplish the American dream. It's insane. Look around us, y'all. Like for 90% of us, and I literally mean that, even those who would consider themselves to be poor or just not making quite, like you already have, you have this, this fulfilled dream, especially comparatively speaking to the rest of, of society and the rest of the, the rest of the world. We live in America, it's a wonderful nation, but even in spite of all the blessings around us, it's like we, we still need something more and it drives us to some really painful things. People try to find satisfaction in creation rather than the creator. And I believe that that is the crux of the matter. People are looking at the things that they can touch and earn and buy as the things to fulfill them rather rather than the one who has created them. It's called idolatry. Anything that we put in a place where God is supposed to be, that has become an idol. It, It in and of itself is not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not bad. But anything that becomes a God in our lives, a a good thing that becomes a God thing, it becomes a bad thing. It could be your mentality about what you're supposed to accomplish in life. It could be the things that you want to earn. Whatever it is that replaces God in your life, it has now become an idol. Sometimes it's just about sequence. It's just about your priority and where you put it in the sequence of things that then it becomes an idol in your life. Life gets kind of complicated, especially when you have so many options. That's half our problem. We have so many options, right? Like I actually have an option to reach out and grab something and it become my source rather than God. So it's an issue. It's something that we need to to talk about. But I do want to say this. We can enjoy God's creation and it not be a sinful, broken thing. Okay, there is a balance to what we're talking about. It, in and of itself, it is a wonderful thing to enjoy God's creation. Actually, I believe that Christians, believers, should enjoy creation more than anybody else. Why? Because we have the sequence right. We have the pattern right. We know where all of those good things come from. And they are to be enjoyed, not just endured. Some people have this like monastery type of mindset when it comes to creation where they just wanna pull themselves back from anything that's enjoyable. And that's not what the Bible says either. Can those things become idols? Yes, but are they in and of themselves idols? Absolutely not. I love what Dr. Daniel Aiken says. He says, our lives are broken by sin, but after you receive redemption in Christ, he gives you life everlasting and life to the full now so that you can recover and pursue God's good design for your life. Now, instead of seeking satisfaction in created things, we are fully satisfied in our creator, our redeemer, satisfied in him alone. You can now rightly enjoy the gifts he gives you as a means to worship him. A couple years ago, I was at a Saints game and uh, this might sound weird to some of you, but hey, It is what it is. I was at a Saints game and I mean, come on, there's just like, obviously, you know, hundreds of thousands or, you know, almost a hundred thousand people there. It's crazy. The city's going nuts. And and some people are obviously engaged in some, some activity and doing some things that I wouldn't be involved in. However, 
overall, we're all there to enjoy this football game, right? And we're, man, it's just, it's just a, a giant party. We're having a great time, man. You know, the Saints are just blowing them out. I don't remember who it was, but it was just a great game. And I sat there and, and I, just, I, was, I just stopped and I was like, God, thank you for, for the ability to enjoy what's going on. You know, for me, right? I mean, I wasn't crossing any lines and doing anything unholy. So for me, I'm enjoying it rightly, right? <laughs> However, for me, I'm like, man, the game of football, it is a wonderful game. Now, for some people, is it an idol? For some people, is it their whole existence, right? Yeah, that's, that's right, right? That's why some of them, come on, some of you fall into this category right now. You're like, if the Saints can't play like this year, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, some of you, it's like, if I can't go to a Saints game, I'm gonna lose my bearings. And it's like, well, okay, that might be a little extreme. However, whenever it is, you look at things, even simple things as God's creation as something to be enjoyed rightly, is something to be enjoyed and you can do that in freedom. I really believe that. I believe, you know, for, for some of you, you're looking at your family as something to fulfill you and that your family isn't meant to fulfill you. It's not. Your kids are not there to fulfill you. But we can get caught up in that. Come on, moms, I, I know you're, 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 you're investing your life every day so much into your kids and they could become your world and sometimes you, you start to draw your meaning and identity first and foremost from them. Are they gonna be part of your identity? Absolutely. Come on, my kids are connected to me, connected to my wife, obviously. But there's something deeper. Your identity must be found, must be grounded in something more. I think that this thinking applies to every single facet of your life. If you get the sequence right, if you, if you are fulfilled in your creator, all roads lead back to him, right? then all of those other things can be enjoyed rightfully and they can actually be points of worship in your life. Now, today as we close, this book cannot be understood properly without understanding the conclusion. And so I'm gonna do something a little bit weird today. I'm gonna skip to the end of the book, okay? Skip to the end of the book to get the perspective of the end of the book in order to understand the perspective that Solomon or the teacher is taking in his lesson to us. Because many times we read books slowly, but this is supposed to be read and understood as one big idea. And so, so the end starts with the beginning that everything is meaningless without this last thing. And I, I wanna say this to you. We've said everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless because nothing satisfies, right? And the point of that is because this life is meaningless because it's meant to drive us to what is meaningful. And I believe that is Jesus. This life is meant to drive us to something more. Even those of you who don't believe in Jesus right now, there's something about life that continues, the waves of life continue to beat up against your understanding, continues to just, to just beat up against those rough questions, those, those edges in your life, starts driving you to ask the question of what is this really about? So even for believers or unbelievers, this question is for all of us. And so in verse eight of chapter 12, he says, meaningless, meaningless says the teacher, everything is meaningless, just like he started it. Verse nine, he goes on. Not only was the teacher wise, this is in closing, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words and what he wrote was upright and true. 
The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. What's interesting about that phrase, one shepherd, is it's, it's used a couple more times in scripture. And each time it's used in referring to the Messiah. You see, the whole Bible points to the Messiah, the anointed one. We believe that to be Jesus. The Bible points to Jesus in the same way that this life points us, just directs us, almost forces us to something more. We believe that to be Jesus. Verse 12, be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Come on, some of y'all just graduated. You're like, that is true, <laughs> all right? Much study wearies the body, body. Verse 13, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Now look, when it says the commandments, that's referring to the law. And the purpose of the law is revealed in the New Testament for us, right? We can see it. We talked a lot about this in Romans and some in Ephesians is that the law is meant to reveal Jesus, right? To reveal Jesus and in the, in, the, in the reality that we can't accomplish, we can't attain, we can't obey in perfection the law points us to Jesus. That's what the purpose is in the New Testament. He sets all things right. Right? He sets all things right. He, he gives us meaning in the meaningless. Jesus gives us hope in the hopeless situations of our lives. And it's he and what he's done, his sacrifice that has produced these things in us. Whatever you try to build your life on other than Jesus utterly is meaningless and it's true. Everything that you do, your career, your family, all of these things, if you build them upon Jesus, he adds meaning. If not, what is it all leading to? I wanna wrap up in verse 14. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Now, here's something I wanna let you know as we close today, is that judgment is a real thing. All of our lives are leading to this moment where we will stand before God and we will give account to the way that we live our lives, whether good or bad. Believers and unbelievers, the difference is, is that it's two different judgments. It's two different scenarios. The big difference is whether you stand before God, what we would refer to as being hidden in Christ or being found in Christ, where the blood of Jesus covers all of those bad or good things that you've done where his sacrifice on the cross paid the price for that sin and, and, and all of those things that you've done, successes or failures, or whether you are standing before God, before God only clothed, only covered, only bringing what you've done. And, and here's the reality, is that your goodness alone is not good enough to, to reconcile you with God. It's not. Your wisdom that you have, your conduct that you hold up and say, look how good of a person I am, right? My, your, your intellects, right? Your good intentions, we have good intentions. None of that 
withstands the fire of judgment. None of it. And the Bible is, is, is such a great book. God, God is such a great God because he gives us this book to read and to learn. And he says, hey guys, listen, all of your striving doesn't mean anything because your condition that you are born into is you're born in sin. But the good news, the good news is I sent my son to pay the price because you can't pay it, to live a perfect life because you can't live that in order for you simply by faith in that promise, in the good news of the Messiah coming and dying for you. Believing in that, I'm gonna redeem you. I'm gonna reconcile you. And I'm going to give you a life worth living, a life that glorifies me and a life that is also for your good. Some of you, you're watching right now and, and you're at a point of decision. You're at a fork in the road that says either this is real or it's not. Either this is truth or it's not. And so you've been brought all of this information. And this is what I believe, that for some of you, there is something deep in your heart. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter what you've said. At this moment, there's something that is pulling you. And I believe that to be the Holy Spirit. I believe that to be God himself calling you out. But you have a responsibility to respond. So I wanna give you an opportunity to respond right now. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes wherever we're at. I want you to just focus in on Jesus, to focus in on this truth. And just, just say a simple prayer. Say, God, would you search my heart right now? If you find anything in me, God, I pray that you would reveal it to me right now. Anything that is, that is, that is wrong, that is sinful. For some of you, you've been in a place where you have not been living a life that honors God. You haven't been living a life uh, where you truly believe in him, where you're giving him full access to who you are. And right now you can surrender. Say, God, I surrender my life to you. All that I am, my effort, the things that I hide, the things that I want everybody to know about, I surrender all of that to you right now. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to live this life. I need you. God, truly, I look at my life and I say, what is the point? What's the point of all this? But God, I realize today that you are the point. If you don't believe in God, maybe you wanna make a decision today to follow him and you wanna to, to kind of be led in that, I want you to pray a prayer just like this. Say, God, I surrender my life to you. I believe in the cross of Jesus. I believe that he died and was, was raised to new life again for me, to redeem me. God, I give you all that I am today. I repent and I turn from those things I return, I, I, I turn from my way of thinking that doesn't honor you. And I ask you to do a great work in my heart. I give you my life today. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This is what I believe. I believe that today, a lot of you made a decision. Like you, you drew a line in the sand and said, God, I am giving you my life. And in that you have begun a journey of finding out what the point of this life is. But let me tell you something this, we're not, we're not quite done yet, so don't, don't click off, say, okay, the sermon's done. Whether you just made a decision to follow Jesus or whether you've been following Jesus a long time, let me tell you something, you need Jesus like you never made a decision to follow him before, right? If you're, if you're a believer, you've been following Jesus for 30 years or whether you've been following him for, for 30 seconds, one thing is this, we all need Jesus. He is our source, right? He is our hope. He is our peace. 
We can't be distracted from that. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna sing a song. We're gonna wrap up with, with the song, How I Need You. And if you find yourself sort of drifting back into a place where you're finding your meaning in something other than God, you're finding your purpose in something other than the cross, if you're beginning to reach out and grab for different sources to find meaning, at this moment, repent of that, turn from that, focus your attention upon Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. I turn to you. And I believe that he's gonna change your perspective. Amen. Come on, let's sing this together. perspective was encouraged and, and maybe shifted for some of you. 
And here's the deal. For some of you, your first time viewer, again, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today. Uh, but, but also if you said that prayer, I'm also speaking to you. And also if you're interested in small groups, all three, if you find yourself in any of those, those categories, we actually wanna connect with you right now. We wanna help you take what we would call your next steps. Come on, if you just made a decision to follow Jesus, you've got some immediate next steps to take. If you wanna get in a small group, there's some next steps to take. And also, if it's your first time here with us today, we wanna help you take your next steps here at Northwood Church. And so, so here in a moment, I'm gonna turn it over, back over to Pastor Mike and Pastor Micah, and they're gonna uh, walk you through some things. But I just wanna say this, I'm so happy to have been able to share with you today. Thank you for, for tuning in and watching and uh, this week come on everything isn't meaningless because of Jesus so we love you we thank you and uh, we'll see you later on I'm gonna turn it over to Mike and Micah how's it going guys all right all right come what on. an amazing start mm -hmm. to this new series incredible. on the book of Ecclesiastes so many comments saying like this was yes. an incredible a powerful message simple practical and life-changing yes. I think that's Awesome. This is one of those messages where you want to go back and watch it again Absolutely. because there were so many little nuggets in there that were applicable to our everyday lives. And uh, I'm so excited that we're starting this new series and I can't wait for it to unfold. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I don't normally get excited about the book of Ecclesiastes, but I'm looking forward to this week to kind of digging in a little deeper, getting yeah. ahead, you know. And uh, so what a, what, a, what a great message, yeah, Pastor. It was Jordan. awesome. Now, so many of you are staying on with us right now. And a lot of you fall into one of these three categories that Pastor Jordan was talking about. Either you're new here, and honestly, as I'm saying this, if you're on here, I would encourage you, maybe comment why you're sticking around. Which of these three categories do you yeah. fit in? You're either new here, maybe today you made a decision to, to follow Jesus, or you, you recommitted your life to Jesus, or you're interested in, in being part of some small group communities. You wanna hear more about that. That's kinda why we're here right now. We wanna yes. help you take your next step even answer any questions you might have, which you can put in comments right now. But man, for those new here right now, yes, we're excited that you would take time out of your weekend to be here with us. And, and we just want to say, man, welcome. If this is your first time, if you've been here several weeks watching us church at home, if, if somebody invited you or shared a link and you just clicked, I believe you're here for a reason. And we want to help you learn more about Northwood Church. We want to help you learn more about who we are and then answer any questions that you might have. So where you can go is on our website. You can go to northwood.church slash next steps. Or you can even, you can even uh, put in comments right here like we see right now. People are saying, man, it was so good. This is something that you needed. People are saying, man... This is what I was looking for. Northwood.church slash next steps is the spot to go. And we want to help you take your next steps, learn more about Northwood Church, and really get you connected into, into a church of a lot of normal people, yes. people just like you, yes. and uh, people that are interested in growing in their relationship with God and with other people. Well, it's so important to us as a church to help you with your next steps. So again, whether you made a decision to follow Christ today, or you want to know more about the church, maybe you want to connect with our online small groups. I see some of the comments here. Sandra, I see your comment, our small groups online. Yep. And, Vanessa, and, and, multiple people yes, want to get in so small many of groups. You. This is awesome. And you don't have to live close by yep. Mississippi. You can yep. be anywhere in the world and you're watching here today. You can actually join one of our online small groups. Go to northwood.church slash next steps 
and you'll get a you'll see a, a little video from our lead pastor, Pastor Jordan, which we just heard from today. But also, there's a there's a button on the bottom of the page where you can click, and you can give us just enough information about you to be able to reach out to you and help you to whether it's join a small group or get water baptized, whatever it may be, to take your next step. We'll help walk you through that and uh, give you give you all the potential small groups that you can be a part of, and uh, and you'll find that man connecting to something bigger than yourself is going to help you to walk out uh, the the tips that Pastor Jordan shared today from the book of Ecclesiastes. It's going to help you to focus on what really matters. Yeah, this is this is the way so, multiple people saying, I want to be part of a small group. I've been joining church online. And I encourage you, this is how we take church online where everybody's just commenting and we, we don't really know everybody. Maybe you're new here, whatever that would be. This is how we take big church and make it small, make it personal. So go to northwood.church slash small groups and you'll be able to take your next step in joining some sort of community. And, and again, some of you are asking, are all the small groups online? We have a lot of small groups meeting online. Some are starting to meet back together in homes. We're obviously following recommendations and, and different regulations that are going on, but be sure to go online. Even we might have some small group leaders in this chat right now. I would encourage you uh, to, to put a link to your small group. Let them know a little bit about your small group and we can help you do that as well. We've got uh, groups for couples. We've got groups for men, groups for women. We've got student groups uh, that are part of our Impact Student Ministries. As a matter of fact, something very exciting happening today, this evening yeah. in our Impact Student Ministry. Pastor Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, what's going to happen tonight. But yeah. t- tell everybody again what, what we're doing today. Yeah, so tonight is Impact Night. This is where uh, one time a month, all of our locations come together and we celebrate Jesus and we come together as one big community. So tonight we are doing that. It's going to be right here on the same platform that you're on. Yes. And seven o'clock online, we are going to have Impact Night. We're going to celebrate seniors tonight. So tonight, what it is, is seniors have answered questions that are going to kind of handcraft the message that we're going to be bringing to our student ministry. This is for all of our students, 7th through 12th grade, but also parents. This would be an awesome time for you to join your student, hear the heart of our student ministry, the heart of this house, how we're a generational church, and how we care about your students. We want to come alongside you and celebrate the class of 2020 and speak to this next generation. One more thing today, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, we are so excited for you. This is a huge deal. We are celebrating you. We are congratulating you and we want to help you take your next steps as well. So if you want to put that in comments, but also northwood.church slash next steps, we want to help you. We're going to reach out to you this week, either through phone call or through a text. And again, celebrate the fact that you made a decision to follow Jesus, but then we want to help you take your next steps because this is the beginning of the road for you and Jesus. This isn't like, this is it. You made it. Everything's done. Man, you've got an incredible life ahead of you, and we want to help you take your next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Hey, a couple more comments before we sign off today. Uh, I love Linda Frazier just posted in the YouTube comments uh, that she's from Saskatchewan. I just, I really just wanted to say that. Sorry, I just touched you. I don't know if I infected you, but she's from Saskatchewan, Canada, and she joined a small group, and she says in the comments, I'm so happy that I did. 
it. Man, Regina, we are so glad you're a part of our international community <clears throat> and uh, part of our church, part of our small groups. And those of you that are that are wanting to be a part, man, it, it's just good to be a part, connected to something bigger than yourselves. And so we invite you to join yeah. our small groups, no matter where you live or where you are, and uh, there's a place for you. Yeah, it was an incredible day. So many of you have put yes. in comments, this message mattered, it changed my life. I would encourage you, if there was something that really stuck out to you, post it on social media, man, tag Pastor Jordan in yes. it, tag Northwood Church, and then tag a few friends that could use an encouraging message like you heard today. Guys, it was an incredible day. We love you guys. If you're an impact or you're an impact parent, we will see you tonight at seven o'clock. Guys, have a great day. We yes. love you. We'll see you when we see you. We'll see you.